What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Wyman Podcast. Here talking about the crown jewel that happened uh, Thursday on Halloween. Got a SmackDown to cover from Friday. Got a Raw to cover from last night, since I am recording this on Tuesday. Um, just a whole bunch of stuff to get into. But first, let's get the, the plugs out of the way. If you want to go follow me and check me out on Twitter, it's at Wyman Podcast One on Twitter. It is. Uh, just at Wyman Podcast on Instagram. Try to stay as active as I can on that stuff. Um, and I obviously always post my episodes on there. If you don't, uh, if you're not already subscribed on Apple or uh, Spotify or whatever, Google Play, all that stuff, I am available on all that stuff. But if you haven't subscribed or did all that yet, you can always find my links there. I post it on my Twitter. Uh, again, uh, at Wyman Podcast One. Um, Always open to DMs and questions. Always open to uh, getting involved with the the wrestling community, as it's called. And um, yeah, so uh, a lot, really, really, lot to get into here. Um, I also am publishing, getting ready to publish our second episode. Uh, me and Tom Scully doing the hundred uh, percent watch along podcast, calling it in the ring. It's our second episode at come out tomorrow um, around noon uh, eastern time of course and uh, you can follow us there on twitter at on the fly 101 it's all um, all one word no underscores or anything just at on the fly 101 and that's uh, a little more interactive uh, because we always post our polls on what the um, next uh, you know event or you know whether it be raw or nitro or a smackdown or um, pay-per-view this is our second episode and we're doing a second nitro um but we will be doing guaranteed to do wwe uh next up because all four options are uh wwe uh, of course from all different years i believe we have a uh raw from 2000 a smackdown from 2001 a very interesting raw from 2005 i believe it's the first raw after um the passing of eddie guerrero so i'm hoping that wins um, and a SmackDown from just last year, 2018, and these are all um, anniversaries, so November 13th, because the Nitro Recovering that drops tomorrow is obviously November 6th, so the one uh, we're doing next is going to be obviously the next week, so our podcast drops uh, drop on Wednesdays, so... Um, you know, it's going to be on November 13th base. So go ahead and check us out at On The Fly 101. Calling It In The Ring is the name of the podcast. Also available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all that stuff. Um, definitely go check us out. Like I said, guys, 100% watch-along podcast with myself and my co-host, Tom Scully. Um, just fun little stuff to, uh, to get into. But what we're going to get into right now is first, we're going to start from the... Uh, the first thing, and that would be uh, Crown Jewel, which took place on Thursday. I thought Crown Jewel was a really good show. I thought, um, you know, it had a lot of solid action, a lot of good matches. Um, it started off with the 20-man battle royal, and the winner was to face AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship that same night, which I did not know going into the night, but um, obviously found out as soon as the event started. And, of course, you had guys in there, Cedric Alexander, Luke Harper, uh, Eric Young, Buddy Murphy, Cien, uh, Andrade, Cien Almas, uh, 
believe Brian Kendrick was in there. You got guys like Shelton Benjamin. Um, you know, Drake Maverick. Just a bunch of Rowan was in there. Just a bunch of, um, you know, somewhat mid-car guys. Somewhat standout guys. Um, but I didn't, I didn't hate it. Tazawa was in there. Um, you know, and I didn't hate it for a battle royal, which wasn't terrible. Um, you know, it, it really boiled down to the, uh, to the Luke Harper, Luke Harper and Rowan kind of running through everybody and, um, ended up being Luke Harper and Rowan versus the, uh, the, uh, up cup, the, uh, up and comer, I should say, uh, I want to say Humberto Carrillo. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. Humberto. But um, whatever his name is, he could really work. I do enjoy his matches. And, um, you know, I, I just, um, it wasn't, like I said, for a 20-man battle royal, it wasn't great. But, you know, it got the guy over. It got the, uh, you know, the, the true underdog babyface guy over. And, um I think they made the right decision. You need a you need a young, good uh, baby face to go against AJ. To uh, you know, obviously establish and maintain maintain uh, you know AJ's heat and put the uh, put the U.S. title more in a uh, spotlight. She didn't want to just go into uh, you know two two uh, heels fighting or two bad guys fighting or you don't want a guy that nobody cares about. And it seems. Uh, you know, it seems Humberto has a pretty good following. You know, they could have went, of course, with Cedric Alexander or uh, Buddy Murphy. I mean, so that I think that's what I liked about this, too, was there was a... Probably out of the 20 guys, I would probably say maybe five to six of them could actually be the winner. There wasn't a clear winner where it's like, oh, that guy's going to win. So um, that, also, that also kept it interesting as well. Um... Next up on the main card, they kicked the main card off, uh, WWE Championship match. Kane Velasquez challenging the WWE Champion Brock Lesnar. And, um, of course, guys, I'm going to use my friend Eric Beeston here. If you guys, uh, he writes pretty much uh, most of the articles for uh, Bleacher Report, the uh, winners, grades, reaction, and highlights. He does, you know, obviously the Crown Jewel events, the big events, the Raws, the Smackdowns. I want to say he even does some AEW once in a while. I know they have, you know, he's not the only writer there, obviously, but um, I do like Eric Beeston's stuff, and if you want to go follow him out on Twitter, I believe it's a simple at Eric Beeston. Um, I'll check on that and just to make sure I'm not giving you some uh, weird fake account. But, um, yep, it is at Eric Beeston, so it's Eric with a K-E-R-I-K and uh, Beast Beeston. Um, you know, and it does say in there he's the uh, WWE and AEW writer, so I use his stuff a lot, kind of to set the tone for you guys, new listeners. You know, you always got to assume you have new listeners, which I always welcome and enjoy. And uh, you know, I think um, you know it's always uh, good to set the tone of what I do here, and uh, for those new guys listening, and uh, just to set the tone there. Um, so I am using Eric Beast and stuff. It's not like a dirt sheet or, you know, it's none of that. It's not, I'm not on these, uh, the uh, Wrestling Observer or uh, the, the Torch, whatever the hell uh, Wade Keller writes for. Not any of that stuff. I'm just, you know, this is a guy just recapping the stuff and giving his grades and opinions and, um, you know, exactly what it is. Grades, results, and, um, you know, reaction, highlights. 
and it's no uh, nothing to do with backstage rumor and innuendo and all that stuff. So anyway, back to the championship match. Uh, Eric writes, rivalry that began in the octagon of the UFC bled over into the squared circle of the WWE. Uh, Lesnar tries for a takedown early, but Velasquez maintains his stand as the Beast backs him into the corner. Uh, Challenger threw some rights. Lesnar backed him again into the corner. Uh, Velasquez did down Lesnar with the knee to the midsection, pummeled him with a series of rights. Somewhat similar, this isn't from the article, but somewhat similar to the... Uh, the uh, you know UFC fight they had about nine years ago. Um, then it said Lesnar targeted the knee of his opponent and quickly tapped him, or trapped him in a Kimura for the tap out victory. Uh, you know, and then of course after the match, Lesnar st uh, holds on, holds on to Cain Velasquez's Cain Velasquez's arm, not breaking the hold, not breaking the hold, until uh, you know Rey Mysterio comes down with the steel chair. And um, Lesnar also uh, gets the chair, eventually gets the chair away from Ray and uh, starts beating Kane down with it. Um, and then Mysterio gets the chair back and he beats uh, Lesnar to back down with it. And, um, you know, Lesnar kind of takes the powder out of there. Kind of a, uh, I think, I believe it was like a two minute match. Um, you know. Cool. I guess this was one of the downer matches of the night for me, and um, I'm just glad they got it out of the way first. Um, I'm also glad that Cain Velasquez didn't win the belt, but you know, at the same time, I think uh, you know, I, there's not really much you could do here. I guess you could have had a, some kind of screw job finish, but they, you know, it is WWE, and they're deciding the winners. So I guess they uh, they get Lesnar over with the. With the submission there. Um, next up was the tag team tag team turmoil to determine the best tag team in the world. Big names like New Day, the Raw Tag Team Champions. Uh, I'm just gonna call them the War Raiders because I don't know their names anymore. Um, SmackDown ch uh, Tag Team Champions Revival, of course, the OC, Dolphin, Robert Roode. Uh, Lucha House Party, Heavy Machinery was in there, so you had a bunch of guys, and I thought this was a good match. Um, of course, now Eric, uh, you know, I, nothing. I'm not going to read that whole thing because it was a pretty long match. It was a long match, but it was quick for a tag team turmoil, if that makes any sense, so especially with all the teams that were involved. Um, so I don't think it, I don't think it was too terribly long, but it still was a. A long match uh, for sure. Um, you know, you got Rude. I'll just briefly go over. It. I'm not like I said. I'm not going to sit here and read the whole article to you guys. But you know, Lucha House Party starts off against Dolph and Robert Rude, and they get eliminated. And then uh, Ryder and Hawkins make an appearance, and they were quickly uh, exited from the zigzag. Um, so that's two wins for Dolph and Robert Rude. Good showing here. And then um, they obviously. Uh, you know, get into that third match, and then they end up having to face Heavy Machinery from SmackDown. So that kind of, um, you know, you kind of had that on the wall there with uh, who was going to win that one. So Heavy Machinery wins, uh, eliminating Ziggler and Robert Roode. And then right after Heavy Machinery gets in, here comes the New Day uh, with the team of, of course, uh, uh, Kofi Kingston and Big E because of the. Um, 
injury, the Achilles, Achilles injury to Xavier Woods. So Kofi and Biggie doing the tagging there. Um, you know, they get they get heavy machinery out. Uh, B team comes out with Axel and Bo Dallas, and uh, New Day gets B team out. And uh, surprisingly, even then, the revival comes down. The um, you know SmackDown Tag Champions revival hit the ring, and uh, you know all of a sudden you have two of the top tag teams on SmackDown fighting, going at it there. And the New Day actually wins their third match. The so New Day. Actually runs the gauntlet a little bit. Probably stayed in the ring the longest. Um, Elimination-wise, anyway, they eliminated, you know, going back down the list, Heavy Machinery, the B-Team, and then uh, the SmackDown Tag Champs, the Revival. So, uh, New Day with a good showing there. But, you know, then their fourth match, they get into, um, they run into a a uh, brick walls, two brick walls, of Luke Owls and Carl Anderson, the OC. Um pretty much uh, a quick one there and I put um, put Kofi Kofi taking the pin in that one and the final team to enter the match was the Raw Tag Team Champions the Viking Raiders uh, you know Brawl breaks out to do is renewing the rivalry that ironically enough began in a tag team turmoil match so um, good memory there by Eric I'm reading from the article now here towards the end um, you know big heat on Anderson with the cheap shot to the left knee of Eric um, taking control why Ivar watches uh, from the corner then uh, of course the big spot where Eric body slams Ivar onto Carl Anderson poor poor Carl Anderson the smallest guy in the match taking that um, that must suck but um, you know if anybody was willing to do it I'm sure it was Carl Anderson but then the uh, of course the distraction by Gals allows Anderson to send Eric into the corner uh, assistant neckbreaker earns the heels a count of two, but moments later the OC goes back to the injured knee of Eric, which was mentioned before, worked on before, and finish him off with the magic killer. Hell of a magic killer there on big old, big old big boy Eric with a K. And uh, your, the OC is your uh, best tag team in the world. No tag team titles, and I do like this. Um, I do like this finish because now you have your raw tag team champions with the Raiders. You have your SmackDown Tag Team Champions of the Revival, and you now you have a new team, kind of like a third. Uh, you know, now the OC doesn't need a title because they're just like, well, we're the best tag team in the world. You know, we don't need a title. You know, so they could they could play off that for a while now to carry them. Um, you know, through the next few months here, because um, you know he didn't want a he didn't really want a, a champion to win. You know, it would have been cool for the Revival to win, you know, or the uh, the Viking Raiders, but I just don't think it would have been, uh, it would have been using all your assets there. So now, like I said, you still have your two champions. They still both kept their belts, and you have the OC uh, running around, uh, you know, calling each other or calling themselves the, uh, you know, best tag team in the world when they don't even have any titles. So that's going to get... Even more heat on the OC as if they didn't have enough already walking around with the you know, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. Uh, Cesaro and Mansoor, again, not going to read the whole article. I thought it was a pretty good match. You know, uh, Eric gave it a B-plus grade. Not bad. Um, 
you know, even his, in his analysis, he says, uh, get Cesaro a world title now and let him steal every show he's ever in because he took a rookie with very little significant ring, to ring time to his name and helped achieve a brilliantly structured match here and put him over as the underdog hometown hero he was. Yeah, I do agree with Eric on that. Cesaro did play the heel very well. I mean, it wasn't, um, I don't think it was super hard, you know, if you want to, you know, it's like fighting Bret Hart in Canada or, um, you know, something like that. Yeah, you know, it's not that, uh, I don't think it would be that hard to be a, be a heel there, but, you know, solid match, I don't really know what they do with this, uh, Mansoor guy, I guess he's just, um, maybe he's just gonna ride out this Saudi contract, and then maybe after they're done doing these Saudi shows, Mansoor gets a, uh, an official WWE contract, and they ride that wave over here in the States and see if he could get over even more, but, um, you know, he's a solid, he's a good worker, he's not, you know, he, you know, he's not, uh, he's not the greatest I've ever seen, but he's not terrible, you know, I don't, I don't think, um, you know, it's hard for me to announce or anoint a guy, you know, when I see him, you know, once a year or twice a year on these special events, it's just, uh, I, I can't just sit here and call him this and that and that, oh my god, he's so good, oh, he's so great, you know. There's a reason why, let's just say there's a reason why they put him in there with Cesaro. They know, you know, they know who could work and who can't. They're not going to, they're not going to put him in there with a, you know, a guy who can't work and can't carry the match. That You know, WWE knows what they were doing. They they put him in there with Cesaro for a reason. Uh, next up is Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. And, um, I don't know what this is. It was like a boxing, uh, Boxing, wrestling match. Um, yeah. I don't know. Fury defeats Strowman via countout. After the match, Strowman delivers a power slam to Fury. Um, at this point, who cares? I mean, does anybody care about Braun Strowman anymore? I think I, I, think I do. I think. <laughs> I think some people still do. But it's like, you know, he just gets put in, put in these matches with Brock Lesnar that you know he's not going to win. And now he's fighting a freaking undefeated, you know, heavyweight champion boxer of the world that you know he can't possibly win. Um, you know, again, he gets beat by count out. So, you know, say what you want to say. He didn't get knocked out or he didn't get, you know, pinned in the middle of the ring or, you know, something like that. So, you know, I guess... You know, to take it for what it is. I guess that's the best way they could have done it. Um, you know, I just... I have no idea what's going on. Maybe they're doing this and then... Maybe Braun could win the... Uh, Royal Rumble coming up or... Or something like that. And try to help him... Try to help him get that big... Um, that big pushback again. As of right now, I don't know many people that care about uh, Braun Strowman. Next up, AJ Styles defends his United States Championship against Humberto Carrillo. Uh, right from the article here, for the second time this week, Humberto Carrillo shared the ring with AJ Styles. This time, though, he squared off with the phenomenal one for the U.S. title. Styles attacks from the bell, giving the youngster no time to collect himself. Carrillo pushes the pace and sends Styles to the floor with the springboard arm drag. 
Uh, Styles then lowers Carrillo into a fireman's carry neckbreaker. Styles proceeds to work over the back and core of his opponent, systematically wearing him down in an attempt to put him away and get him out of Saudi Arabia. Uh, with his title reign intact, Carrillo finally fought back into the match and delivered a standing moonsault for a count of two. A springboard crossbody from the top rope earned him another near fall. Uh, Styles answers with a Pele kick as both men hit the mat. Creo caught Styles with the open hand thrust to the face, drop kicked him off the apron and soared through the air, wiping the phenomenal one out at ringside. Uh, Superstars then tease a, child, a Styles clash from the ropes, which is always cool. And uh, I thought they would pull it off there, but of course Creo fights out. Uh, sunset flip gave way to Styles, uncorking a series of strikes and a big lariat clothesline for another near fall. And that, I know Styles is. Uh, that's why I like AJ so much because he could go through. He could go through with the um, the uh, physical stuff. He could go through the air. He could do uh, pretty much anything in the ring. And uh, somebody's whacking fucking weeds out there. Jesus Christ! Trying to do a podcast. Hey. Oh, he's still, okay, we're still going, that's good. Um, but anyway, what I was saying was AJ Styles can do anything, um, you know, you see it with those uh, strikes and that, um, the big uh, lariat clothesline there, uh, you know, you go from having a Styles clash on the ropes to, you know, punching a guy in the face a few times and hitting him with a clothesline. guy's really fucking serious right now and uh, of course a shot to the face and a phenomenal forearm by Styles earns him the win AJ Styles retains the title Eric gives it a B I thought it was around there B B plus A minus what do you want to do depends on who you like um, you know it's hard to get people to you know it's hard to gauge who they're gonna cheer and boo in these matches but um, I think it made sense that AJ won of course you know Humberto had already had the 20-man battle royal um, even though it was earlier in the night um, I thought it was I thought it was a good um, still a good match and uh, I think I think it was the right move to have AJ win the belt uh, or retain the belt I should say uh, Natalia and Lacey Evans this was one that was added late it wasn't on my preview show that I did last week, but um, for the first time ever, two women squaring off in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, it was a really, it wasn't nothing uh, crazy. It was a solid match, you know, for Natalia and Lacey Evans. You know, those two aren't going to give you some, um, you know, they're not going to give you all the stuff, the Charlotte Moonsaults and the, the stuff Sasha tries with the double knees and. You know, they're not going to give you all that, but these two, you know, they just went out there. They had a solid match. Uh, Natalia gets the win. Eric gives it an A. Okay, Eric. Um, you know, but I think it is moving forward. Maybe we see a, uh, a more more pre more women's presence, maybe a title match over there next time, or a women's tag match, or, you know, something like that. Get more... Uh, more females on the card, like I said, nothing, nothing crazy. It was just more, it was more about the moment than the match. I think, um, you know, I, I don't think uh, the match was gonna ever outdo the moment. 
of that. So I'm um, happy for those two ladies. Definitely happy for Natalia. I'm a, still a Natalia mark. I still think she should have beat uh, Becky Lynch in that submission match at SummerSlam. But I will I will get over it sooner or later. Um, it's only been about two months. Give me some time. I'll get over it. Um, I will get over it. But I'm not getting over um, Hulk Hogan. Team Hogan versus Team Flair. Got a, of course, on Team Flair, you got all the bad guys. King Corbin, Lashley, Randy Orton, IC Champ, Nakamura, and McIntyre facing uh, Team Hogan of Roman Reigns, Rusev, Ricochet, uh, Shorty G, Chad Gable, and Mustafa Ali. Um, you know, again, this is a long match, so I'm not going to run through it all. Pretty good, uh, pretty good match. You know, these matches could get real clunky sometimes, and they could lose. They could fucking go off the train tracks real quick in these uh, five on five, especially there's no eliminations. So you had ten guys up there plus Hogan and Flair around the ring. Um, I think Jimmy Hart was even around the ring too. The uh, you know the whole time. So you know it it does it can get clunky real quick um, when it's not one of those elimination matches where you could kind of knock some guys out early and make some more room up there, but. Um, you know, this was, this was a good match. I get, I think they got the point over, you know, they got the, the baby faces one, of course, more importantly, uh, uh, Roman, Roman Reigns hitting the spear, um, hit, hitting the spear. I think I want to say it was on Randy Orton. It doesn't say here, but I know he kicked out of the RKO. Um, sure. You know, if you want to call it a, a TV main event. Okay, but it, you know, it's that's what this show is. It's on a Thursday afternoon on a Halloween at one o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast, ten in the morning on the West Coast. So you know, it's not supposed to be something that's like this urgent, major, you know, sit down and watch. And you know, I did because just because of my schedule. But I know a lot of people in. A lot of people watched it on their phones at random points while they could, or they they watched it later in the night, or even the next day. They waited till you know. Uh, you know, Friday or even Saturday to watch uh, Crown Jewel, and you know, in its entirety, since it's uh, about a three-hour show. So, you know, if you want to, oh, this is a, this is a SmackDown match or a, a Raw match. Well, not really, because I, you know, I haven't seen Hogan and Flair, and um, you know, besides the build-up to this, I haven't seen all these guys on the show with their mixed shows and their mixed uh, rivalries. Um, so, actually, I don't think this is a SmackDown match. When you combine all the, all the star power and the champions, you have the you know King of the Ring in there. You have the Intercontinental Champion in there. Uh, of course, Randy Orton and Roman Reigns and uh, Ricochet, former U.S. Champ, and you know all that stuff. I don't think it was a, uh, you know, glorified TV match, but. Next up, Falls Count Anywhere match for the Universal title. Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. Um, man, one thing to say about this is... I, I don't know where to really start with this. The one thing that stood out to me is... Um, if Seth Rollins is going to call himself the best wrestler in the world... He has to stop doing the same fucking moves. Every match. And I know a lot of guys do it. But, I mean, it's Sling Blade, 
Stomp, Frog Splash, Suicide Dive, Sling Blade, Stomp, Frog Splash, Suicide Dive. I mean, and I know he could, and it's so frustrating because I know he's not a five move of doom guy, you know, or a four move of doom guy. Uh, you know, I know he could freaking wrestle. I know when he wants to be or when he's allowed to be, he is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, he loves to tell everybody on Twitter, you know? But when I'm seeing I'm seeing the same freaking match over and over again. You lose my interest. Your promos suck. Your gimmick is pretty cool. I like the burn. I like the architect gimmick better. I like the architect gimmick better, but I didn't like the um you know, the whole burn it down thing is really wearing on me. I I still like the architect thing better. Uh, the whole burn it down thing is starting to wear it wear it on me too. It's like it's getting enough um you know, it I, it was a brutal match, like Eric said. I'll just read. I'm not going to read the whole match layout here, but I'll read Eric's analysis. He gives it an A, which I I do agree with. I think it was an A. Um, Eric says this is everything Hell in a Cell was not brutal, violent. Uh, put over the depths to which Rollins would go to retain the title. Um, obviously, why portraying White is unstoppable force. Um, the red lighting remains stupid and really needs to be changed. It's not to distract from the viewing. Uh, experience, but the presentation, the character, the feud, and the creative poured it into it was so much better than it was a few weeks back. See, now I kind of disagree because it seemed like they were playing up the same match here until, you know, until Bray actually won. They kind of seemed like they were doing it the, the same way with the stomps and the stomps and the stomps on the stage and the stomps off the stage and now there's fucking fire blowing up and, you know, electric, uh, you know, electrical boxes or shooting sparks everywhere it looked like it was going to be the same thing you know until Bray finally won I thought that last few minutes I thought Seth was winning the whole time um, but you know like Eric continues here says uh, WWE finally pulled the trigger on a red hot character rather than dragging out, out a rivalry that did not need it um you know, it was a better brawl than the than the Hell in a Cell. But again, they were inside of a cell, and this one they weren't. So you've seen them go outside. You've seen them go up to the ramp. And, you know, the Hell in a Cell did kind of constrict them. Um, and they didn't really use it. You know, I think they did a few spots there, but it was all about the weapons in that one with the chairs and the kendo sticks and the sledgehammer, obviously, at the end. Um, you know, so the Hell in a Cell was kind of there just to... I guess kind of give that sense that Seth is trapped in there with the Fiend, but they didn't really use the Hell in a Cell. Which most of the be better Hell in a Cell matches, I think they, you know, I think you always see they are used. Um, you know, that's, that's what makes the match. What's the point of Cell? Whatever the case is, this did not leave nearly the bad taste that uh, the last encounter did. Um, remains to be seen what Wyatt's win means for WWE and the brand split, uh, brand split of course. Um, but I do, um, you know, I do agree with the great idea. Just like I said with Seth, man, I need to see something new. I need to see something different. You know, I just, his matches have just gotten so freaking plain and basic and, you know, oh, just it's just the same thing I'm watching. 
I feel like I'm watching the same thing every time. Every match. You know, whether it was with Brock, whether it was with... I can't blame Brock on this. Because I felt the same way with Baron Corbin. I felt the same way here with Bray. You know, this whole Universal title run, I felt like he's been doing the same matches, the same stuff. A million suicide dives, a million stomps, four or five sling blades, a frog splash. I mean, and they're great moves. It's great. But not when I see it every week on Raw, and then I see it twice a week when there's a pay-per-view. I'm over it. So, you know, don't blame this shit on Brock because he did, you know, oh, Brock doesn't want to do anything. Brock doesn't want to have a match. Well, what about the fucking six matches he had with Baron Corbin? What about, now this is the second match he's having with Bray Wyatt. And it was the same thing. Just stomp on the stage, stomp on the stage, stomp on here, stomp on there, sling blade, frog splash. Just like Hell in a Cell. Frog splash through the table. Fucking uh, stomp. Go to this corner, stomp. Go to that corner, stomp. Sling blade, sling blade, sling blade, suicide dive. What the fuck? Give me something new. You're the best wrestler in the world. Do something new. But we'll see where Seth goes from here. Um, we'll obviously get into that. Into the Raw uh, recap. Uh, but first, we do have to get to SmackDown. And uh, I'm going to take a break. going to go use the toilet I'm gonna go fucking knock that fucking guy out outside that's blowing shit all over the fucking side of the house making noise I'm trying to record this fucking podcast and um I'll be back talking about some Friday night smackdown What's up? What's up? Back here. Talking some SmackDown. Bumping some Undisputed Era, of course. Never a bad choice. Especially. Especially with, uh, what happened on the SmackDown. Now, going into the SmackDown, a little precursor, uh, a lot of the superstars there, or I, actually, I guess most of them were stuck in Saudi. Um, I guess it was from the, something about not getting paid, or, I read Plane Troubles. I heard that um, there was some uh, kind of payment issues, which I thought these things were already paid for, but um, apparently there was some kind of dispute uh, about what was going on with the money, apparently, and uh, that's what held them up. Uh, not sure about that one either. Like I said, I don't really dive too deep into these dirt sheets and uh, Twitter journalists and all that. I'm not a uh, 
keeping on. I'm proud of myself on being an opinionist. I don't try to be a Twitter journalist. Um, wish I could be, though. Not a bad job writing about wrestling. Writing, uh, writing for the dirt sheets. The dirt sheets. You know, can't be a bad job, but... does have its uh, pros and cons, I guess, like anything in this world. But, um, as far as that SmackDown goes, speaking of pros and cons, um, there was not a lot of cons for me. Quick, quick two-hour show for me. I think it was an easy watch. Um, starting off the show, you got Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman kicking off the show, you know, uh, basically just saying that, you know, they conquered, uh, Cain Velasquez, blah, 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 you know, um, then they actually air the Lesnar and Velasquez bout in entirety, which, like I mentioned before in the, uh, Crown Jewel recap, it was about two minutes, um, Yeah, and then, uh, Brock Lesnar quits SmackDown, WWE Championship and all, says he's headed to Raw. Um, and then, he, you know, he's looking for Rey Mysterio. Looking to end this. Um, and I guess that's it. Brock is, uh, off SmackDown. SmackDown Live, which is strange, um. I thought they would have had him on there longer for Fox, but um, to me that says they're running with Bray Wyatt over there because Bray Wyatt's also on the show and Bray Wyatt's the Universal Champion and uh, you know not having Bray move there and having Brock move there, um, you know, there you go Bray. I guess you got your show, man. You and Roman Reigns and. Um, God, I know I'm missing somebody else. I know SmackDown has Daniel Bryant, um, of course. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, of course. So, um, you know, SmackDown's still shaping up to be a good show. And uh, Brock will hold the title hostage over there on Raw, I guess. On to the uh, next segment slash uh, match. Uh, SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey with Sasha Banks, of course, defends against Nikki Cross. Um, not a bad fight here, but uh, Bailey defeats Cross by uh, by pinfall to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. But the big story afterward is Shayna Baszler storming the ring, uh, attacks Sasha Banks, uh, tosses her into the steel post, I believe it was, and then uh, hops in the ring, does that pattern of running high knee where she plants her foot on your thigh and then knees you in your fucking chin. And, uh, you know, that looks like it hurts. It should, um, even if it does or not. Um, but, uh, you know, WWE, I guess, you know, with the plane situation in Saudi, like I said, they were short a lot of guys, including Bray Wyatt wasn't there. You know, a lot of guys, um, you know, obviously who performed in Saudi weren't there. So here we go, we're kicking off, and of course they already had announced, I should have said this before, but um, they already had announced that this Survivor Series is Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, so three branded uh, uh, Survivor Series, which I am definitely looking forward to, so this whole Shayna Baszler thing comes at a good time, probably a week early, 
or maybe two because um you know it seemed like they kind of jumped the gun here but um fuck it i digged it it was good uh so that was more of the uh theme of the night here of course the next segment uh sammy zane's cutting a promo and uh talking about his old nxt days and uh challenge ends up challenging the nxt stars to step up and he turns around and Keith Lee and the bro, the original bro himself, uh, Matt Riddle, standing there with uh, a couple of NXT shirts and uh, some jeans on. I don't know what size the jeans were on Keith Lee, but they had to be a triple double XL uh, size jeans for him. So, um, and Matt Riddle's running around with no shoes on, of course. That's always that's always good. But um, yeah, Sami Zayn hauls ass outside the, out to the ring, and uh, you know when you're trying to avoid a fight, the one place I wouldn't run to is the wrestling ring. But you know something about WWE, man, when people try to avoid fights, whether it's backstage or it's uh, you know anywhere in the arena, in the crowd, they just seem to run towards the ring, and I think that's kind of a kind of putting you at a disadvantage, Sammy. But um, you know, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle have their way with Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn's left lane face down, as he has been a lot. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa invades Miz TV. Now, this was originally scheduled to be Bray Wyatt, of course, on Miz TV. Um, you know, but him not being there. So, uh, you know, Miz just ends up talking about Bray Wyatt's win at Crown Jewel. Um... You know, but then he he obviously turns to the um, the um, NXT, the two NXT run-ins we've seen, obviously by Shayna and uh, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, and then Tommaso Ciampa interrupts him. Says, "Miz, is everything wrong? Uh, that is wrong with WWE." Um, this was a quick quick match, a. Uh, I guess, well, I guess because they had the time with the Miz TV segment, you know, that, that cut it in a few minutes, and then they get into a little match, but I still liked it, I still thought, you know, it did what they did, you have two freaking, two of the best talkers, um, babyface or, or a heel, um, you know, in the ring there, and, uh, it was kind of cool to see these two kind of face off and go at it with nothing, you know, not that there wasn't a reason. Obviously, NXT is making their statement uh, known on on SmackDown, of course. But um, it was kind of good little impromptu thing here on Miz TV. Um, I should mention Ciampa does, Ciampa does get the win, um, but I, I thought the match was good for what it was. You know, it wasn't a twenty-minute, you know, burn down the house and you know everybody's going crazy and but you know. It was a solid chop in his match on SmackDown. Uh, supposed to be a... Uh, who was it? It was Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were in the ring. Kat and then uh, Carmella and Dana Brooke were um, backstage. And they were ruthlessly uh, taken out by Bianca Belair. The uh, hair snapping... Uh, EST from NXT, one of my favorites, probably my favorite in NXT. Uh, you know, I don't think, um, 
I kind of liked it when she was undefeated. I like that. But she was fed to Shayna Baszler, as many are. Hmm. But anyway, Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox arrive um, to take on uh, Rose and Deville, or Fire and Desire. Um, and the NXT stars had a fire up under their ass, and they uh, another another uh, NXT coming out on top yet again. Ripley and Knox defeat Fire and Desire by submission. Um, it did feel a bit rushed, but. I, I think it's, uh, I don't know, nothing against these girls, but you get four girls in there, and don't, you know, I, obviously I don't know their history, but you don't see them on TV a lot, so who knows how much they're actually wrestling each other, or how much they freaking even know each other, um, you know, so I, I don't think it's another thing, you don't want to have, it's just like Chompa and Miz, you don't need to, them to go out there and have a 25 minute tag match, you know, you got the NXT uh, you know, Bianca Belair got over in the backstage attacking Carmella and Dana Brooke. And um, it was a hell of a bump, by the way. Bianca Belair tossed Carmella, like, over. Military pressed her over a uh, bunch of, you know, uh, equipment crates or whatever they are. You know, I'm sure there was, like, an air mattress back there on the other side. But just the way they shot it was really cool. They shot it from behind Bianca. And she, you know, all you see is Carmella get tossed over these... Uh, uh, these uh, equipment boxes and then just like vanish so who knows where she went she might still be down there I don't know I haven't seen her but um yep there you go Ripley Knox defeat fire and desire and uh, this is the one I want to run through NXT champion Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryant thank god Daniel Bryant didn't go to Saudi because now we have him for SmackDown main event. And this is for the NXT Championship. Um, run down really what happened here. Daniel Bryan runs into Triple H and Shawn Michaels backstage. Who have been. Uh, they were probably shown once or twice uh, during the night. Uh, asking them why they were here. Triple H stated he come. He came to SmackDown after the announcement that NXT would be competing at Survivor Series. Uh, Bryan challenges Triple H but instead. Uh, Triple H says, you know, Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole, and then, like, Adam Cole comes onto the screen and all that. Um, you know, Triple H says they were looking for a fight. And, uh, you know, Daniel basically says, you know, if you're looking for a fight, I'm looking for a fight, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Triple H is like, oh, and I know somebody who is looking for a fight. And then Adam Cole pops up on the screen, uh, walks into the scene, of course. Um, King of Kings and HBK watched from ringside as the planet's champion gave the leader of Undisputed Era a fight unlike he had ever faced before. Uh, I don't want to say all that, but it was a high-risk and physical contest where Brian brutalized Cole at every turn. All that pressure built to the planet's champion trapping the NXT champion in the bell lock where Cole barely got to the ropes. That was a cool spot. And Cole manage manages to catch Brian with the Panama Sunrise into the last shot for the victory. Now, it was a really good finish. Uh, Triple H stood in front of the NXT roster who took over the ring as he made clear that this was the beginning of a war for supremacy and we are NXT. <coughs> so uh, Adam Cole defends his NXT championship against Daniel Bryant. 
Um, you know, Roman Reigns wasn't there. Bray Wyatt wasn't there. Brock Lesnar quit. That's all. That's fine by me. So, um, you know, I'll take Adam Cole and uh, Daniel Bryan a lot. A lot. If you want to do it on SmackDown, if you want to do it on NXT, if you want to do it on Survivor Series, I'm down. I'm down for it all with those two involved. But um, see Adam Cole get the win there against Daniel Bryan clean. Which is probably a lot of Daniel Bryan's doing and a lot of, um, you know, I don't think Daniel Bryan would be getting pinned like that on a SmackDown if he wasn't either for it or at least agreeing to it. I don't think, you know, um, I think Daniel Bryan does obviously see the bigger picture with this NXT thing and, um, you know, no disrespect, but Daniel Bryan's not a champion right now. Um, he was, you know, hasn't been since WrestleMania, but which was only a few months ago, believe it or not, about seven months ago, but, um, you know, it's not, you know, it can't have Adam Cole get beat here, because then you just watch the whole fucking angle down the drain, you gotta have Adam Cole at least win here, so, um, you know, they had a good match to put it on, and get NXT on the main screen, um, I guess they are already on the main screen on USA, but, um, you know, I thought it was a good SmackDown, man. For I think I tweeted out, of course, at uh, Wyman Podcast One on Twitter. I think I tweeted out just watching it live and the flow of the show and the the um, sort of uh, anxiousness of now. You know, ever since Shayna Baszler came out and you saw Triple H and Shawn backstage early, I think right after that Brock promo, you got a lot of um, anxiety. You got a lot of um, like, oh shit, I gotta watch this. Who's gonna pop up? And then of course you get Ciampa coming out and. Adam Cole, excuse me, Adam Cole popping up on the screen, and, um, you know, there you go, I don't think they disappointed with the stars, um, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, two, two guys who are really over, especially Matt Riddle, um, so I liked it, I liked SmackDown as a, on, on the whole, as they say, um, but that's it for SmackDown, one more, one more segment to get through, we are going to dive, dive in. We're going deep into the waters here for this Raw from last night. I have some recording on a Tuesday. Fuck off. was last night. And um, a lot of good things. A lot of good things. And then some not so good things. But it's a three hour Raw, so what are you going to do? You're pretty much used to that by now. But we'll get into all that when we get back from the break because I got to pee. Stick with us, man. Guys, we're back here talking about some Monday Night Raw. Big, big, big Monday Night Raw, just like the, uh, just like the SmackDown we talked about. Uh, Brock Lesnar kicks off Raw this time. Uh, Paul Lesnar kicking off 
basically um, saying some of the same stuff he said on SmackDown. Looking for a fight. Looking for a fight with Rey Mysterio, and he's looking for it tonight. Uh, ready to turn the Nassau Coliseum upside down. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was it. You know, obviously Paul Heyman doing most of the talk. Uh, most of the uh, talking here. Putting over how uh, pissed off Brock Lesnar is. And, um... Yeah, I like the segment. I thought I thought it was a lot better than the SmackDown one. Uh, Natalia and Charlotte taking on the Kabuki Warriors. That's a uh, that's a really good tag team, uh, Natalia and Charlotte. There. Um, this uh, this match actually gets a name on it. So I'm leaning off of uh, my friend Eric Beeston over there, of course. Again, go follow him at Twitter at Eric Beeston. It's Eric with a K. Um, but yeah, it does give us an A minus as it was a really strong match and a great indicator of what these two teams will be capable of. Um, if they're given a pay-per-view stage to work on, Oscar and Sane are growing into a fantastic tandem with great chemistry and solid heel work. Uh, more opportunities they have to work these lengthy tag matches, the better they will become. Uh, Natalia and Flair, the champions, have more than credible opponents. Uh, of course, Natalia and Flair doesn't get much better than that these days. Um... Uh, and um, this obviously leads into the uh, post-match uh, post-match events with Brock Lesnar running down uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman running down the um, announced team. Um, even Paul Heyman goes as far as to say he's, um, he's going to release the Beast on Jerry the King Lawler, and uh, no one's going to resuscitate him this time when Jerry the King dies on air again, which. Um, got a pretty heavy reaction from the crowd and uh myself sitting on the couch watching it but um you know he, the uh god I really messed this up but I don't know that guy's name he has a he has like a funky name and I don't really know who he is but he's a he's the uh you know black guy on the the commentary team and um they uh he gets up in Brock's face, and that dude was a big fucking dude. I don't know if he was standing. I don't know if like the, he was elevated, but man, he looked to be. If Brock's six three, fuck man, that dude looked to be like six five, six six. That uh, I want to say his name's Dio, or it's something like that. I don't really don't want to mess it up, um, but I also don't want to say I don't know his name either. But um, he's actually not bad on commentary as a uh, as a newer guy. But man, when he got up, um, oof. He, he looked fucking big, and then, of course, Brock quickly beats him down and uh, hits him with an F5 through the table, which I'm glad they went that way. I'm glad he didn't pick up Jerry the King or, uh, you know, even Vic Joseph. I hate when they do that against, you know, at least let the big guy take the bump. And um, um, I think it got a lot of respect. I think it got him over a little bit taking that bump through the table. That was a, uh, that was a hefty uh, F5 Brock there delivering, and then... Uh, Brock's walking away, and here comes Rey Mysterio running out of the back with the the uh, blood pipe in his hand. Chops down the knees, beats down the knees. Brock goes rolling around on the ground, and uh, when Brock stands up, Rey runs, gets a running start down about halfway down the ramp, and just cleans Brock's fucking clock up with the WWE title. You don't see that a lot anymore. Um, the titles being used as weapons. Um, 
man, why not? That thing is uh, loaded. That thing is locked and loaded. Especially when you give uh, Rey Mysterio a running start. And then uh, I think they went to a commercial. And then back from the commercial, they had Rey cut a promo in the um, in the backstage, basically challenging Brock Lesnar to a uh, WWE title match at Survivor Series, which is interesting. So I guess Brock won't be a part of the uh, Raw SmackDown NXT thing. So right off the bat, I'm thinking they might do a five-on-five now. Um, some sort of a... I know it's going to be a clusterfuck because it's 15 guys. But maybe they have, you know, a, a big guy. Maybe they have, like, a Seth Rollins pick his team from Raw. Uh, maybe Bray pick his team from SmackDown, even though he's not more... He's not... I See, that's where I get... I have trouble with... I can't picture him, you know, I can't picture The Fiend just standing on the apron for 20 minutes in a 15-man match. So maybe Bray also has a challenger, and they go, you know, somewhere else. Maybe a guy like um, Roman Reigns. Okay, so maybe you have Seth as the captain for Raw. Instead of doing the champions, you know, you bring back the traditional five-way... Well, well, this one would be a five-on-five-on-five match. Um, which would, you know, get crazy, but, um, you know, you'd have Roman Captain SmackDown, Seth Captain Raw, and then have Adam Cole Captain NXT. Because remember, NXT War Games is the night before, and I would imagine Adam Cole is going to have some kind of War Games match or something to do, you know, at the War Games pay-per-view. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure he could do wrestle, you know, matches back-to-back. You know, I'm sure he could, but why risk it? If he could get, um, you know, if you could have just the Undisputed Era, the four of them, plus, I don't know, Velveteen Dream or uh, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, one of those guys. Um, I think, you know, there's your five for NXT right there. Um, then you, you know, like I said, you have Roman pick his team for SmackDown, Seth pick his team for Raw, and you divide the champions, because you know you already have Brock and Ray. You know it's confirmed they're having a title match, so Brock's out of the picture. You know for the champion, champion wise on Raw, and then you have, um, you know, I, like I said, I can't picture the Fiend standing on the apron just hanging out for 15 minutes. Or for 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 twenty twenty five minutes in a fifteen man, you know five on five on five match, they would have to give Fiend an opponent. But you know, obviously, we'll see Friday on SmackDown what they do with him, because um, you know, like like we talked about before, he hasn't been on SmackDown yet because of the Saudi thing. Um, Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander were not again really good match. You know, I'm not going to read the whole rundown. It, it was a good match. Um, like, like Eric does point out here, it does it did seem a little rushed, um, but you know their strong uh, you know in ring chemistry is always going to make up for it. Um, but uh, you know I think they they got to do something with one or two of these guys. I you know they can't fight each other forever, or, or can they? Who knows? Uh, next up is a Seth Rollins promo. I believe this kicked off the nine o'clock hour. Seth Rollins returns to Raw after losing the Universal Title. Uh, frustrated, says Brock Lesnar is back on Raw and WWE Champion once again. Uh, what's next for Seth Rollins? He says, I don't know. Uh, feels like everything he's done in the past year is a watch, a wash. And then uh, Triple H music plays. And uh, Triple H basically comes down and, 
you know, says he knows how to motivate Seth. He knows how to put Seth on the, uh, get that fire under Seth. Um, you know, then he does put over Adam Cole's victory over Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, which we talked about. Um, he then continues to recruit Rollins to join NXT, reminding him he knows what it takes to make him great. You are there with me in this moment. Triple H began his undisputed era, made its way through the crowd, all four of them. Uh, Cole, Fish, uh, Riley, and Strong. Uh, and a chant of NXT spilled into the stands. Or against me, Triple H finished. The OCs, AJ Styles, Luke, Gallows, and Carl Anderson arrived. And, uh... Sent the unspeeder to the crowd with Dominic, the Djokovic jumped Styles and Adam Cole, Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong jumped right back over the into the arena to uh, help him out. I believe uh, uh, Damian Priest was there as well. Um, then the Raw roster runs down and gets him out of there. But um, it was good. Uh, it was good. It was. I liked it. I liked the the underlying tension between the OC and the Undisputed Era. That's always cool. I like where Rollins is at. He comes out dressed in all black, no uh, Bernard Town T-shirt, no uh, Seth freaking Rollins T-shirt, no nothing, just black shoes, black jeans, uh, somewhat faded black shirt, but that's okay, Seth. You'll be all right. And then um, you know, so it, it's kind of just speaking of where Seth is at right now. He's doesn't know what to do he doesn't know who to go you know to do i have to take this title from brock again and then he kind of says it there is i just don't have the energy to do that anymore it took so much out of him between brock and then the fiend and now here's brock again with the title and um now he's debating or it seemed like he was debating on whether um to actually go back and join nxt or um you know, defend Raw's honor, which I feel like he'll defend Raw's honor. Um, even though I've mentioned before on this podcast, I love heel Seth Rollins, especially with Triple H behind him. But um, I think I think this is a really good story. Actually, I think this is actually giving Seth something to do. Now I do rip. I did rip his match against Bray and all those other guys. Um, you know, I just did. I get it in the Crown Jewel recap, but this actually gives Seth a good story. Seth doesn't need a title. He's been on top since he won the Royal Rumble in January. And it is now November. It's been 11 months. Let's get him just back. And that's what they did with Roman. Keeping Roman away from titles. Just giving him, you know, the whole forklift thing. And the Daniel Bryan thing. And then Buddy Murphy. And then he was on Team Hogan, of course, at Saudi. So they're just keeping him relevant. Keeping him in the mix just you know these guys don't have to be champ everybody can't first of all everybody can't be champion at the same time and not everybody needs to be champion Seth Rollins doesn't need to be champion Seth Rollins needs to have a good story behind him to keep the fans interested in him and to, to give him something else to talk about than besides burning it down burning it down I'm gonna burn it down shut the fuck up do you know get this guy into a good story and I'm digging this one I'm intrigued. To, I'm actually intrigued to hear what Seth Rollins has to say for once on whether he'll join NXT or, you know, defend Raw. Uh, mixed tag team match Sankara and Carolina versus Andrade and Zelina Vega. Uh, yeah. Pretty good match. Andrade and Zelina Vega won. That seems like they're really pushing Andrade. Uh, Rusev versus Drew McIntyre. 
uh, basically Rusev challenges Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley kind of comes out on crutches, saying he tore his groin, or he hurt his groin, uh, doing things with Lana. I don't freaking know. Um, you know that. Uh, what you call it? During the match, Lashley hits the ring. Uh, hits uh, hits Rusev with the crutch. So Rusev defeats McIntyre by disqualification. Uh, Rusev fights off Lashley, um, and then all of a sudden gets hit with an RKO um, from Randy Orton. Then Ricochet hits the ring and makes a save. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with this storylines. I don't know. I just don't. Um, I don't know. Unless, uh, like Eric says, he, he he's speculating that this is the elimination match at Survivor Series, which I guess it could be. You want to have Rusev and Lashley as captains? Okay. Becky Lynch meets Shayna Baszler. Now, this was a really good segment. Um, it started off with Becky Lynch in a... Uh, well, let's just read it, because this is short. Eric writes, Charlie Caruso conducts a sit-down face-to-face promo with Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch. Uh, Lynch called herself the target of 2019 and recalled the many encounters she has had in the last 12 months. Then uh, Baszler taking Charlie's seat admits she has waited a long time to meet Lynch and then informed her that she is not Ronda Rousey. She said one of Lynch's limbs will belong to her at Survivor Series when she pins or submits her. The man responded saying she hasn't figured out what she, whether she respects the Queen of Spades or wants to slap her face off. I'll slap, I'll slap your fucking knee fucking heads off. You come down here to fucking man. Show you what the fuck a man is. I'll slap your fucking face off. She warned her that fighting Lynch will change her and she said she's not taking her eyes off SmackDown's Bailey either. So obviously, I think they announced this too. This is going to be the triple threat women's match, which is cool. Which is cool, cool, cool. Um, I have no fucking idea who's going to win because Shayna Baszler is like never loses and Becky Lynch never loses and Bailey just had a big heel turn. But um, we'll see. Eric gives it an A plus. I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was a really good segment. You could feel the intensity and the. Uh, you know the uh, tension between these two. Um, and these two are the two, you know, you want to see them go at it, man. You want to see these two really fucking, uh, get after it. Next up is the Street Profits and Humberto Calillo versus the OC. Um, not a great match here. Eric gives it a C. I agree with him. Viking Raiders versus the Polo Boys. Um, if you don't know who won this match, then you're not paying attention. Next up, main event time, NXT Championship match, Seth Rollins versus Adam Cole. Top prize, NXT was up for grabs in the night's main event. Action was back and forth, neither man getting a sustained upper hand, and at one point Rollins delivers a Falcon's arrow that netted him a two count. As Rollins begins building steam, he looked down at Triple H and called for the stomp. Oh no, the stomp. 
Before we could execute his finisher, though, the NXT invasion ensued once more. Undisputed Era, Dominic, Matt Riddle, Damian Priest, Keith Lee, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, overwhelming the Raw superstars until Ricochet launched himself from the top rope. Uh, shooting star, shooting star press, and the brawl continued as they went off the air. Uh, Rollins actually wins via disqualification. Um, I, I don't, I can't decide if I have a problem with that or not. You see, Adam, Adam Cole just beat Daniel Bryan on Friday Night SmackDown. Okay, so that's fine. So I, I I'm kind of debating on whether I hate that he couldn't beat Seth too. Or would it have been overkill that beat that he beat Dan Bryan on Friday, beat Seth Rollins on Monday? You know, maybe it was a little overkill, so maybe Seth, you know, winning by disqualification. I'm trying to stay positive here. Okay. Alright, Seth. This felt more like Cliff Notes version of a show stealing classic. Yeah, I agree with that. Eric gives it a B. Um, you know. Another good uh, step here, you know, like I said, it's very early in this, so we still have a, uh, a lot of ways to go, um, especially now with NXT is involved, so now we really have three shows. Um, now, if I was them, I wouldn't jump into Raw and SmackDown jumping on NXT right away. I just wouldn't, because it's too early. You've already done two NXT invasions. I let, let NXT gain the upper hand, and then that Wednesday before... Survivor Series, I think that's when you do it. You send, you know, the cavalry, so to speak, into NXT and go after them. Because if you do it on every show, at three, you know, think about it. Three times a week you're doing this stuff on every show. It's going to get old, like, on SmackDown. Because you've seen it on SmackDown, you've seen it on Raw. So if we see it on NXT on Wednesday, and then we see it on SmackDown again, that's four times in seven days we've seen evasions or run-ins or whatever you know so i think they should at least keep it off of nxt let nxt come out and gloat and talk shit and you know you know well you know raw and smackdown ain't gonna show up here blah blah blah. you know poke the bear poke the bear poke the bear and then right that wednesday right before survivor series i'm not sure when it is probably in about two weeks um you know i i don't have the calendar in front of me but um, then that's when you have, you know, you know, have NXT out there, you know, poke the bear, poke the bear, and then all of a sudden you see Seth, and then you see Daniel, and then you see this guy from Raw, and then you see Roman from SmackDown, and then they just fucking storm, and it's a fucking pull apart, fucking brawl. Um, that's how I would do it. But who the fuck am I? Who gives a fuck, right? Who cares? Fuck it. But um, other than that, guys, like I said, uh, go follow me. My personal podcast is, of course, the, um, what was I going to say? My personal podcast is at Woman Podcast one on Twitter. Um, my thing, uh, my uh, watch-along podcast, at OnTheFly101. That's a strictly, um, strictly watch along podcast, and we always post our polls up there, and we always do, um, we always do our polls up there, and um, and what events we're gonna cover next. So be sure to hop on there, give us a follow at on the fly one hundred and one, 
It's called Calling It In The Ring. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, we're on this, we're on that, we're over there, we're over here. Who gives a fuck? Go listen if you want to. Go watch along with us if you want to. Um, tomorrow our second episode drops with the uh, Nitro November 13, no, November 6th. 2000. Next week's November 13th. That's what the poll's up right now for. Uh, what we're going to be covering on November 13th. And um, it will be guaranteed to be WWE because we've already done two Nitros and they fucking suck. They're terrible. They're terrible then and they're terrible now. But, um, no, I can't. They're, they're okay. But uh, me and Tom, me and my co-host Tom, Tom Scully get through them. But, um, other than that, guys, I'll catch you guys next week. Gonna hopefully see what goes on with this NXT uh, NXT angle Wednesday. I gotta start talking more AEW, too. I gotta start talking more NXT, more AEW. Because, um, man, it's hard. There's so many, there's like, especially now with Crown Jewels on Thursday. So you had Raw, you had AEW, you had NXT, you had Crown Jewel, and you had SmackDown in five days. You had five shows in five days. So I was trying to play catch up. But um, other than that, guys, I'll catch you guys next week. And um, stay safe out there. It is fucking crazy. Watch out for the weed eaters on the side of the house. Because those guys don't give no fucks. You're recording a podcast or fucking laying it down to the wife. They don't care, man. They're just weed eating. So um, watch out for those guys and um, enjoy the wrestling this week. I know I will.